Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined with our guest producer, Mr. Max, the Transport Chief Williams. Most importantly, (laughs) you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It is Thursday, as you are hearing this, if you listen uh, the day it comes out. Uh, We are going to do one of our favorite things, which is hear from our fellow listeners. Uh, We're going to talk about some heavy, heady stuff. We're going to talk about UAP. We're going to explore uh, one of our favorite hobby horses, uh, the role of hallucinogens and religion. Uh, And we're also going to go into a story uh, that we believe is incredibly important. We wanted to put this... Put this up front. Uh, You've doubtlessly heard the news if you work or live in the New York City metro area. Uh, Something quite controversial just happened. So we want to be fair with the way we approach this. This is an ongoing fresh baked event. Uh, and we, I think as a group want to give a very special thanks to a wonderful letter from depression, Dave in Denver. And Dave, you gave us the permission to use your, use your actual name, uh, but honestly, just love the alliteration of Depression Dave in Denver so much that it felt like we we would be remiss not to admire that piece of good writing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So here we go. Uh, it's a little long, so we'll stop along the way and, and chat about some of this. 
Hey guys, says Depression Dave, it's kismet that I happen to listen to your episode on thought crimes on the same day New York City announced they'll be involuntarily hospitalizing mentally ill people. Record scratch. That's a true story. Uh, And Depression Dave goes on and says, as someone with depression and anxiety disorders, I've been watching the rhetoric against mental illness pile up over the years. Whenever there's a mass shooting, initial reports after checking that their skin color doesn't fall into the terrorist category, leap to speculate on mental illness. He was deeply disturbed, or he had bouts of or suffered from deep depression. He was a loner, etc. Eventually, we get around to talking about gun control, but the NRA quickly pivots that discussion to guns don't kill people, mentally ill people kill people. And when we collectively shrug and say there's nothing we can do about the guns, all that remains is the mental illness. With each new tragic event, the stigma against mental illness grows. I'm going to pause there before we continue. Um, what, what, what do you guys think uh, of that? I, I do think that Depression Dave is pointing to a troubling trend that we see pretty often. Yeah, it's something we talked about quite a few times in our most recent Strange News episode. The idea of, you know, weapons, the argument that weapons are a tool. It's just about how you focus them. And uh, that is a slippery slope kind of argument. I was talking about technology in general in that regard. But yeah, I agree. Well, Dave Dave just points out the cycle pretty well because it does seem to be what we go through every time there is uh, any kind of mass shooting and there are a lot of them it it follows that same route yeah and wherever you fall in the uh the ongoing discourse about firearms in the united states in particular you have to admit the the nra is a little biased they they exist to make sure that firearms can still be sold right so they're Logically speaking, and is not a ding on them necessarily, they're logically speaking uh, not going to be the first group to say, hey, we should make le- fewer guns. That's just not, you know, McDonald's is never going to come out and say, uh, we're not going to make fries, right? It's, it's antithetical to their existence. So we know this is a situation that affects so many people in this country, uh, both struggling with mental conditions and the danger of firearms. As as Depression Dave continues, he says, back to NYC, the police have been given carte blanche to round up and incarcerate anyone off the street they suspect of having a mental illness. These aren't people who have committed any crime or pose an immediate threat. They're just people whose medical history or perceived medical history deems them a potential threat. Over the past several years, says Depression Dave, I've been concerned of the day those of us diagnosed with depression will be rounded up and put in camps to protect the general population. And now it seems that day is quickly drawing closer. No, paranoia is not on my roster of disorders. Uh, And Dave goes on to say some very, very nice things about the show. Thank you so much, Dave. Uh, And then ends ends with something that I thought was really impressive. Folks, he says, if you want to read my ramblings on air, feel free to use my first name. I want to normalize mental disorders. And a large part of that for me is not hiding them or hiding myself when talking about them. But if that's not your bag of badgers, you can go at Depression Dave in Denver. Thanks, Brian. And Brian, it's out of respect uh, for your letter that we are using your first name. Again, we stuck with Depression Dave from Denver 
because that's an awesome nickname. Like that's an example for the class. But this is also, um, this is something that I know stood out to all three of us. I know it stood out to you, Noel, and and to you, Matt, as well. Uh, and guys, I spent some time looking into this and figuring out, you know, different issues. I even did a little bit of like lazy cocktail math. Uh, this announcement was portrayed by the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, as a moral necessity, said uh, that his team had been uh, visiting and surveying tent camps, home uh, un- uh, encampments of unhoused people in particular, and getting uh, data on people in the streets and the subways. And they believe that it is uh, an ethical imperative, right, to provide care for these people. However, you can see why this would be so controversial because the because they, they still need more details of the plan and they're talking about taking people who have not committed a crime and, and forcibly putting them into an institution. It's not the same as a prison, but it is very much a do not pass go, do not collect $200 situation. Uh, this... I don't know. There, there are a lot of issues here, and the way it's being reported, uh, it's it's part of this eleven-point series of reforms he's talking about. But I, I'm just not sure which direction we want to go with this one. Like, if you just look at the history of mental health care in the U.S., a lot of those uh, facilities were closed down decades ago in the seventies through the nineties. And these people were just sent out on the streets, you know? And if, if you live in an area like we do, where there are a lot of unhoused people, then you notice that there are people struggling. There are people struggling with um, maybe undiagnosed mental conditions, or they're not being treated for those conditions. They're being criminalized for them instead. I mean, is this a, a is this a way to ad- well? It is a way. Is this a good way to address it? Well, let, let's talk about the positives because you're, you're kind of already hitting on them, Ben. There, the history of just mistreating uh, anybody that has a is is dealing with some kind of illness like that in you know generally in the mind, and they are they they don't have the money to pay for private treatment, right? They don't have the ability to pay for treatment on their own. Um, this is a way to provide at least temporary treatment for people. Uh, the way it's being described to me in these articles that you've shared, Ben, and and in what uh, Brian sent to us, it definitely doesn't seem like a positive move. But I think there is a there is maybe a good intention at the heart of it, where it is let's get let's force the city to get help for everybody that might need it. It just seems like, like how how would you do that without, without this method of having the police pick people up? You'd have a voluntary place where people could go and receive treatment for a few days or something. Is is this essentially just kind of a blunt instrument uh, approach to reducing homelessness? Like, you know, as, as a kind of like, you know, problem, uh, in terms of like the crime and the in the you know the optics of it, you know, it, which I it think reads is, 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 is that. yes, it does to me as well. 
Mm, yeah, no matter how much, you know, how much work a campaign or an administration puts into framing it as a moral imperative, there are a lot of dangerous questions. Another question, can the existing institutions and care facilities handle it? You know, the pandemic hit those things like a hurricane, right? Uh, and there are... Um, you you have to think about the perspective of the professionals who are already working there and probably, I am certain, have tons of great and very specific evidence-based advice for, you know, a revolving door of politicians uh, and likely feel ignored. You know, I have, uh, like, you can see horror stories of people who have been institutionalized against their will uh, and horror stories of people who have worked in those institutions. None of these people necessarily being criminals. It's just very important parts of the system are broken. So according to a great New York Times article about this, which uh, Depression Dave in Denver also linked us to, there were an estimated 3,400 uh, how unhoused people in New York City that were mentally ill, right? Uh, and that seems for many people that seems kind of tiny, right? In terms of like relative to the size of the city, even though we're talking about thousands of people, it seems like it would only work if it was part of a much larger. Plan and you can you can absolutely read the uh, the eleven point literature or plan from from the administration. But what do what do you guys think about Depression Dave's primary concern? Do you see this as a step toward um, toward a world where people who are not a danger to themselves might be locked up? Yeah, it makes me think of the kind of criteria that allows, you know, like one flew over the cuckoo's nest or something, you know, where like a problematic uh, societal individual who's more of a counterculture type cat gets, you know, pegged as a uh, mental health risk and then gets lobotomized. You know what I mean? I mean, that's obviously, you know, very dated, but it's a, it's a great film and I think speaks to this kind of stuff. Um, where once you're in the system in that way, you lose a lot of autonomy. For me, Ben, this reads very similarly to stuff we were hearing about in the mid-2010s. Like uh, right around 2017, I remember hearing about a couple of major cities doing the bus thing with but unhoused people. So just put them on a bus, get them out of our major metropolitan area and send them somewhere else. It feels like this is, this would be a mandated way for police officers to get an unhoused person into the system who could then be just shipped out after a couple of days of treatment or something purposefully and sent somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Like during the Olympics, how various cities have bust people out, right, for the crime of existing without a uh, permanent home. Uh, and then there, th here's here's some of the math that I was looking for. This cocktail napkin math, so so take it with a grain of salt. Uh, on average, some calculated thirty percent of unhoused people may struggle with some sort of mental illness. So if you took the population, uh, projected sixty thousand. 
population, 60,000 unhoused people in New York, and you applied that 30% statistic, then you would get to the idea of 18,000 homeless people in New York City struggling with some sort of mental condition. Uh, this, this is still a lot of people. And, you know, the mayor has already been accused of sweeping folks, uh, sweeping issues under the rug, right? Under the guise of some sort of um, good intention. And this is not to cast aspersion on the intentions. It's just saying good intentions can result in terrible things. And you, you describe a revolving door quite well there, Matt, because even if, like, if you live in a city where there is a, um, a stationary, relatively non-migratory population of unhoused people, then you'll, you'll see, like, I've I've seen it, uh, around uh, where our old office was. There were a lot of people that we, all three of us had seen over the years who would disappear for a little bit. Because they maybe had an episode of some sort, they got caught up in something, so they got detained, they got taken to the local hospital, like Grady Hospital, or they got put in um, put in what they call the tank, you know, and they were locked up for a few days, they got a hearing, and they got put back out on the streets, because no one wanted the paperwork, no one wanted the problem. And is that going to happen again? If someone is, from what I understand, people are being put put in these situations right they're being detained and then they have a hearing of some sort right um so it's not as though as it's not as if they're being just thrown in a hole for years and years but that is the concern and another concern is how are you gonna how can you reliably diagnose a mental condition that meets the standards that you're proposing right like you're a police officer you know, and and this is not this is not even denigrating uh, members of law enforcement who will find themselves in this situation. You're just probably not a mental health expert. Well, e- even mental health experts. I mean, so much of this stuff there's gray areas. It's not like a one size fits all. A lot of this stuff, when it gets you know, sort of codified and socialized like this, it's just about ticking boxes. Um, and, and that's not always particularly accurate. Like, again, like I said earlier, it's sort of a blunt instrument approach. I was just trying to think like, what do you like, the, what is an actual solution for any of this? And you know, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it can go to the old witch hunt levels, right? Where some of the primary evidence, I guess someone accused of witchcraft was that they said they weren't a witch, you know? So there might be someone who says, look, I'm not a quote unquote, I'm not crazy. Right. And they say, well, that's exactly what someone like you would say. And then off they go. Uh, I think it's incredibly concerning. Uh, We have to keep eyes on this um, because the, the U.S. has for a long time been woefully unequipped to deal with serious problems with uh, mental health care. Right. Uh, whether you're talking veterans, whether you're talking people pushed to the brink during a pandemic, whether you're talking about all the people who found themselves with no safe place to go when the institutions were closed down in the 70s and the 90s. Uh, And I believe this is an episode for the future. 
We have more reading to do, and we need eyes on this. We want your help, folks. So let us know your perspective to the to the same problem Matt was just talking about. How does one go about fixing it? What are the appropriate steps? We want to hear from medical health professionals. We want to hear from people who are have struggled in the past or currently with similar issues. Uh, and you know, we'll uh, do our best to maintain anonymity and only write to us if you feel comfortable communicating with your fellow listeners in that regard. Uh, In the meantime, we're going to pause for a word from our sponsor. Uh, We'll be back with more messages from you. Stay safe, everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And we have returned with another message from you. This one coming from Brooklyn from our friend. I'm just going to call them V. Uh, hello, Ben, Nolan, Matt. Longtime listener and fan of your STDWYTK. Also a big fan of exploring origins of religion and how hallucinogens may or may not have played a role. I find it all incredibly fascinating. I have heard of this theory before your show, and thanks to your podcast, I first learned of the bicameral mind and the theory behind the origins of consciousness. How intriguing it is to think that ancient human beings thought their inner voices were gods or such that were directing them to do things. What does that say about humans and our minds? Very, very interesting stuff. I recently watched this Hulu show called Catherine the Great, and while it was highly fictionalized, I have no doubt they infused historical facts in the overarching storyline, and that is the case. Catherine the Great was, I believe, written by the same person that wrote 
the movie, um, oh gosh, The Favorite, which was directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, which is a fabulous uh, film about like sort of a fictionalized uh, relationship between a queen and like sort of her handmaiden. And it's just, it gets bonkers. If you haven't seen it, it's really, really bizarre and psychedelic and weird and, and touching and just insane. And one scene uh, in Catherine the Great showed their priest taking mushrooms to quote, speak to God. And when Catherine joined them, she claimed she didn't hear God, but she felt love and understood the meaning of everything as it was. It's so crazy to think that these men in power in religion, uh, those that sought to control the masses, etc., could have been high on hallucinogens and thought they were obeying orders from a higher being to think that we could have understood just how connected we are to the earth if only we understood our own minds better. Um, hope you enjoyed my thought vomit here. Love you guys. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Love from Brooklyn V. Um, so this is interesting on a lot of levels, but uh, Matt, you and I recently spoke about the uh, the show um, or the, the anthology series, um, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosity. And you happened to watch the one episode that kind of sucked. Uh, it was uh, an adaptation of the H.P. Um, uh, Lovecraft story, um, what is it, Dreams in the Witch House kind of a bad episode. Like I really liked the series in general. That was not a very good episode. It had this weird talking rat. Like there was things about it that were just really just uh, unforgivably bad, but it has a thing where this character is trying to reach his sister who's like in this other dimension or is dead or something. Again, it was so bad. I barely paid attention, but in order to do that, he's given this hallucinogenic substance. Um, and it's through the, you know, this, like, uh, he goes to the special kind of like, uh, like, place this like club kind of where the people there are like sort of like say holy men or kind of sh shaman type figures and the stuff that he's given is clearly very closely guarded stuff right and these these substances in the past were just as v described very closely guarded and not just for everybody because he, he can't just give it to the the the, the plebs on the street we'd have a uprising on our hands. You know what I mean? So like it was this stuff that was reserved for these like, you know, conduits to God. Um, and, and this is, it's often the case, you know, in, 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 uh, Native American tradition and South American tradition, you always, you know, on like vision quests and such, you know, or like these sweat lodge kind of situations, you had to be supervised, you know, by a, a shaman or somebody that had uh, expertise in, in this, uh, in this realm, because it, it was looked at as as participating in another realm of, of consciousness, um, you know, and, and now, um, unfortunately, oftentimes it has gotten, I believe, the incorrect reputation as being like this party drug or something like that. But it's it's uh, history goes back just generations, you know, like uh, hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, and it was often utilized by priests and, and these types of, you know, holy figures. Um, so I think that's a really interesting way of looking at it and how many of these folks that were taking it did feel like this was their kind of key to the kingdom. Matt, I, I see you kind of twitching over there. I, I know this is something that, that fascinates you as well. Yeah. Uh, it's, it certainly feels as though to me personally, without looking at all of the science and history that hallucinogenic substances of some sort unlocked something in the human brain as it was developing. That's just, that's literally my opinion. That's what it feels like to me. 
But also the, the, the gatekeeper aspect of it, though. I'm wondering what you think about that, of like, you know, you, you can only take, only certain people can take this stuff, you know, or you have to take it under the supervision of like, you know, someone who is, you know, superior to you in terms of like a priest. It's sort of like, you know, doing confession. You can only do it to a priest because that is your conduit to God. So the idea, um, I, I think you're nailing something here uh, that's incredibly important, Noel, both you and V, the idea of gatekeeping without the bad connotation that gatekeeping has these days was pretty necessary because in many cases there have to be um, special preparations, right? Like these are not necessarily recreational activities. And uh, like Matt, I am convinced that uh, I, I am convinced that hallucinogens have played a huge role in the ancient past. And people forget, you know, it's so easy to look around and see what's considered verboten or bad in the modern age and not realize that this was very much not the case in the past. Yeah. And that, that to me, that that's sort of the, the, the crux of V's email, the idea of sort of like keeping people apart from spirituality in some ways. Like I'm always fascinated just without the psychedelic aspect of it at all, just how certain religions don't allow people to speak directly to God. You know, you have to talk to a priest or you have to go through a shaman or you have to have some sort of conduit. Um, and that to me is, is a, is a mode of control, you know, of keeping people under a thumb of some sort. Yeah, if you can if you can prevent someone from having whatever that religious experience is or you know, especially early on, then yeah, you could maintain control probably if that religious experience unlocked a real truth, right? To existence to life to God to something like that. Because then it becomes this whole like, well, what do I need you for? <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I've got all the I've got all the equipment. You know, I've got the same brain as you. Um, I I can do all this stuff. You know, on my own. And that's a big part of what Protestantism was about too. Is was like, what do I need this priest for? And all of these rituals. Like God should be a personal connection. You know, between an individual and whatever that thing is. You know, again, I'm not talking about God as in like Christian God per se. I mean, obviously in Protestantism versus Catholicism, that's what we're talking about. But in general, that connection to whatever that power or energy or earth or whatever nature is, is very intimately personal. Yeah, the concept of intercession, right? And religion as a control mechanism, which very much uh, in, in many cases it is. The idea, I've said it before years ago, so like the the primary evolution of humans socially is you start with the family. That's the first group unit. Then it goes to the tribe. That's the second group unit. Then it goes to the religion. These people are not related to me, but we all are under the same ideological um, mindset. I don't want to say under, it's not like they're being hypnotized, but we all believe the same thing. And then the state gets bigger. And now we're at the verge of the state going to the Corporation, you know, the same same evolution. But the um, I think you're making a great point about the idea of of gatekeeping. And sometimes it was with that bad connotation, a necessary evil, right, to prevent people from infighting. And then those in power, right, the popes were above kings for so much of uh, so much of European history. Right. You could you could be king but you still have to be nice to the Pope, right? Or else there's a war. So it's like history, again, is 
much closer than it looks in in the rearview mirror. I wonder, you know, it makes me think of the um, the idea of the what they used to call it, the mushroom Christ. Oh, I don't know about this. No, please. I I do know what you're talking about. Uh, how how would you describe it, Matt? Uh, it, well, maybe I'm wrong. I thought this was the concept that. Jesus Christ is written about in the Bible was not in fact a human being that went around and did all this, these things. It was that it was a mushroom. Uh, it's like an allegory of a human being, but when in fact it's, it's the psilocybin itself. That I've was never doing heard these things. this at all. I'm sure you heard Didn't no, we do an I, episode? I thought, I thought we talked about, I mean, it's, uh, we do a lot of these. This is, I, <laughs> I would have, I would have, I would have glommed onto that. I mean, that's super fascinating. So please no, go on. Uh, oh, tell, uh, tell me more. It's this guy, John M. Allegro. And back in the seventies in this book called the sacred mushroom and the cross, he, he argued that it was, um, that the ultimate roots of Christianity and a bunch of other religions, by the way, he's not just talking about Christianity, comes from fertility cults that are based on the same uh, interaction with psychoactive substances. He took it a step further than a lot of other people and said, Jesus Christ never existed as an historical figure, but was this kind of code, for lack of a better word, for mushrooms. And just to be clear, Spoiler, a lot of scholars do not agree with him. And a lot of people were offended. I'm sure that's uh, what, what many would call sacrilege. Um, but that is fascinating. Wow. Okay, I need to dig more into this concept. Um, but thank you, V, for this, uh, this impetus, for this bit of discussion. Um, it's, it's always, you know, welcome, <laughs> for sure. So we're going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor, and then return and have one more piece of listener mail. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. 
With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. All right, we are back. And we are jumping to correspondence we received from someone we're going to call Michigan Lights. That is not the person's name, but we're going to call you that just for anonymity, just in case. Uh, Thank you very much for writing in with this story, by the way. This is one of these personal first person tales of an encounter with lights in the sky. And if you're listening to this, hopefully you realize at least by now that these are some of our favorite kinds of stories because it just sparks that deep curiosity in all three of us about what could be going on. What did someone actually see? What are all the possibilities? And let's think about them. So we're going to jump right in to this story. Michigan lights writes, Okay, so my sister introduced me to your show. We both find the type of stuff you discuss so interesting, but she's more open to conspiracies and crazy concepts, while I'm typically more skeptical and rely on logic and facts. So this experience is so crazy and unreal to me. I feel like a lunatic even reaching out. Uh, Lunatic, remember we just talked about that (laughs) back in. But I just can't comprehend or explain what I witnessed. It was dark outside already on November 22nd at around 6.20 in Fenton, Michigan. My sister and I were driving home from work together, which is routine, and has been for a while along this route. I was driving, and we were on the highway, so I didn't see it at first. But my sister pointed out a weird light thing. I looked, and it was these super bright red lights just off to the side of the highway. It was in a grid, positioned horizontally to the Earth's surface, and it was a little above the tree line pretty high in the air. It had this weird beam from it and the ground with two parallel lines with a bunch of dashes moving upward toward the object. Okay, jumping out of the email for a second. What? Like that, in my mind, I see a carnival ride. I don't know about you guys, but I see like a huge, maybe Six Flags ride or something that has, you know, the ones that are kind of circular and they're high up in the sky and they've got line running down from the outside of the circle and there's like seats on, on the, like the ends of those lines, kind of like the Gravitron, but the ones that have like the, the crazy uh, swings, the crazy swings. That's it. Yes. The crazy. Okay. 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 I got it. Got it. That's what I see in my mind. The scary high spooky swings. Yeah. But illuminated at night. And so you don't really see all the stuff. You just see the lights that are moving up and all this stuff, which Immediately, that's where my head goes to. But Michigan Lights is saying this is a route that they usually go on. They've never seen this thing before. It really stood out, and it looked very different. Uh, I don't know. Any other thoughts here, guys, before we move on? No, I I see what you're saying, though, in terms of the dashes heading toward the object. Like, that might be, you know, not not, again, not dismissing what this is, but I could see that as being a a wire connecting another thing that then is, is being pulled, you know, gravitationally, and they're moving in tandem. Yeah, and it's getting toward the end of November there, too. So uh, this would be the time that people begin constructing things, right? Like holiday markets and so on. So we're aware of that. But then there's something about, you know, like you pointed out, the familiarity 
uh, I think we need to learn about the size of it. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And the grid was a little weird, too, uh, stating that it was a grid positioned horizontally to the Earth's surface. That's strange to me. All right, let's keep that in mind as we continue. Back in. It was huge, with 50 to 100 individual light sources perfectly spaced in a flat grid at first. When I first saw it, I said it must be one of those power structures with all those metal beams that, you know, that everyone knows. My sister thought they were lights, maybe recently put up for Christmas on a building. There you go, Ben. But we drive this route every day on the way to and back for work, but there's never been a structure there. So then it got scary weird. I looked away at a nearby sign to register where we were so we could look when it was light outside and see if something was there. My sister said something about the thing in the sky, so I looked again. When I looked back, the lights were changing colors, flashing all colors of the rainbow super quickly and moving into a saucer-like shape. They then started floating up. My sister and I were flipping sh**. Like, what the hell is this? I was driving, and I almost hit a car because I was staring at this thing in the sky directly beside us. I swerved, and then I looked back through my mirror, and the lights were still going up up and then the lights started to turn off one at a time and then the entire thing disappeared into the sky the whole thing shook me to the core usually if someone told me a story like this i'd say uh, you probably didn't see it right or there's some way to explain that yeah, i we usually were that. we were doing that <laughs> exactly right this is what, i mean that's what we try and do right uh, going back in, I'd usually secret laugh at someone with these claims, but I saw it clear as day, and so did my sister. A big, weird light structure with no physical body that's visible. It had some kind of beam coming from the ground and only appeared to be light, but absolutely moved like it was one unit from the surface. And then it changed colors and flew away and disappeared completely. I wish I could make this up or just be going crazy. But I can't deny what I saw. I wasn't alone, and my sister and I saw the exact same thing. It was a building-sized something hovering over the surface of Earth that was then able to take off and lift effortlessly into the sky. I don't know, but I just can't imagine a man-made aircraft capable of what we saw. And this next part goes to one of my big questions here for you, Michigan Lights. Uh, did you go back to the area during the daytime, especially because you're familiar with it, right? Uh, so, you continue, I looked it up, and when I got home and tried to find an explanation or anything similar reported before, I couldn't get any useful results, except for one Reddit thread similar enough that I'll attach a screenshot from what they saw, uh, but what they saw was higher than what we saw. I've always believed that there was alien life out there, but I never thought we were close to interacting with it. But now, I wonder. Long story, but I hope you stay with me because I'm begging you guys for the sake of my peace of mind to look into this and give me a logical explanation because my sister and I are shitting our pants thinking everything we thought we knew about our reality is subject to change. Time for some mushrooms. She didn't write that. She didn't write that. We're just building a theme. How far is it from Michigan to Colorado? Well, this is, I mean, this is something in... <laughs> right. This is something that makes us think, though, because if it is right by a highway or somewhere you can observe it while driving, 
then unless it's an abandoned road, other people would have seen it. Right. right? Plausibly. So I'd love right now to jump to whatever image that Michigan Light sent us, but for some reason it didn't go through our email system. So we we literally have a little box that says image1.png, which isn't great. (laughs) Sometimes the security is a little too high over here in the servers, but uh, we'd love to know what else uh, you have. If anyone else out there listening saw something similar to this in Michigan on November 22nd or, you know, maybe the day before or the week before or the week after or something like that, some kind of construction, some kind of event that was occurring in Michigan around that time. So close to Fenton, Michigan. That's really just a call out to anyone listening. Please, seriously, help us out because we haven't been able to find anything specific. And you can do that easily. Um, by reaching out online where we are Conspiracy Stuff on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Conspiracy Stuff Show on Instagram. Yes, and we have a phone number if you want to call. It is 1-833-STDWYTK. You've got three minutes. Give yourself a cool nickname and let us know if we can use your name and message on the air. And if you don't like phones, that's totally fine. We get it. Why not send us a good old-fashioned email? We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.